Hey, Pat. Hey, good morning, Fernando. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good. Let's get our. Right. Uh, did you find your uh, your your readings? Yeah, it was buried, but I got it. Hey, that is awesome, man. You're talking about the printout, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oops. I got some other papers in there too. Yeah, I got it. I'm ready. All right. Let's go ahead and start with the uh, set aside prayer. It goes. Lord, help me to set aside everything I think I know about you, about myself, about others, and this program for a fresh new revelation in you, in myself, my fellow man, and these 12 steps for my recovery in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and do the serenity prayer, please. God, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. All right, we'll go ahead and start in page 24. Uh, okay. I will read a couple of paragraphs, and then you read them. It will take us about 20 minutes to go through the whole thing. Okay. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reason yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation or even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first strength. The almost certain consequence that follows taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are crazy and rarely supplanted with the old treadbare idea at this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of, of that kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hands on a hot stove. Patrick, alcoholic. The alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way, it won't burn me this time, so here's how. Or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way, and after the third or fourth, pounded on the bar and said to ourselves, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplanted by, well, I'll stop with the sixth drink use anyway. When this sort of thinking is fully established alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. By the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop, but cannot. There is there a go ahead, keep going. Most of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others and it had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we had had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. 
The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. If you are seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there's no middle of the road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible and we had to pass into the region from which there is no return through human aid. We had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could. The other was to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. <clears throat> Page 62, please. <clears throat> Selfishness, self-centeredness. You got it? Hello? You got it? You have it on your book? Yes, I do. Yeah, go ahead. I, oh, I thought I lost you. I, I apologize. Okay, okay yeah. Uh, I apologize. Uh, page 62. Yes. Selfishness, self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our trouble. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some point in the past we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position of deep hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot. Though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible, and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us have had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we would like to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. Here is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal, we are his agents. He is the father, and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant ark through which we passed to freedom. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed. If we kept close to him and performed his work well, established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. 
Take away my difficulties and victory over them. May bear witness to those that would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. We turn to page 76. Uh, and that's and that says, when ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that he should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you not remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Now we turn to page 86, please. On awakening. Page 86. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motive. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. For after all, God gave us brains to use. A thought is on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may, we may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunt for the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Nevertheless, that we find our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration we come to rely upon. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we've been shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. If circumstance warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join <laughs> us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. As we go through the day, we pause. When agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action, we constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more self-efficient. We do not tire easily, easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It helped me a great deal to be... Well, that's good. 
I'm sorry, we jumped over to page uh, 416. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're on it. Keep going. I'm sorry. That's, that's 448 in the third edition. Yeah. And I'll resume. It helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue. That I had been drinking as a result of a compulsion, even though I had not been aware of the compulsion at the time. And that sobriety was not a, a matter of willpower. The people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had, but I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security in the community. At last, acceptance proved to be the key to my drinking problem. After I had been around AA for seven months, tapering off alcohol and pills, not finding the program working very well, I was finally able to say, okay, God, is it true that I, of all people, strange as it may seem, and even though I didn't give my permission, really, really am an alcoholic of sorts. That's all right with me. Now, what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I had not had a single compulsion to drink. And acceptance proved to be the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I cannot stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and all the men and women are merely players. He forgot to mention that I was the chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation. And I was always glad to point it out because I knew you wanted perfection, just as I did. AA and acceptance has taught me that there's a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us. That we are all children of God and that we each have a right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. For years, I was sure the worst thing that could happen to a nice guy like me would be that I would turn out to be an alcoholic. Today, I find it is the best thing that has ever happened to me. This proves I don't know what's good for me. And if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good or bad for you or for anyone. So I am better off that I don't give advice, don't figure if I know what's best, and just accept life on life terms as it is today, especially my own life, as it actually is. Before AA, I judged myself by my intention while the world was judging me by my actions. Acceptance has been the answer to my marital problems. It's as though AA had given me a new pair of glasses. Max and I have been married now for 35 years. Prior to our marriage, when she was a shy, scrawny adolescent, I was able to see things in her that others couldn't necessarily see. Things like beauty, charm, gaiety, a gift for being easy to talk to, a sense of humor, and many other fine qualities. It was as if I had, rather than a Midas touch, which turned everything to gold, a magnifying mind that magnified whatever it focused on. Over the years, as I thought about Max, her good qualities grew and grew, and we married. 
and all these qualities became more and more apparent to me, and we were happier and happier. But then as I drank more and more, the alcohol seemed to affect my vision. Instead of continuing to see what was good about my wife, I began to see her defects. And the more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was nothing, she receded a little more into nowhere. The more I drank, the more she looked. Then one day in AA, I was told I had the lenses and my glasses backwards. Courage to change in the serenity fair meant not that I should change my marriage, but rather that I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow and grow and grow. I can do the same thing with an AA meeting. The more I focus my mind on his defects, lay starts, long drunkalogue, cigarette smoke, the worse the meeting becomes. But when I try to see what I can add to the meeting rather than what I can get out of it, and when I focus my mind on what's good about it rather than what's wrong with it, the meeting keeps getting better and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Turn to page 420, please. Perhaps the best thing of all for me is to remember that my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectations of Max and other people are, the lower is my serenity. I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations. But then my rights try to move in, and they too can force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rights as well as my expectations by asking myself, how important is it really? How important is it compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety? And when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than anything else, I can maintain them at a higher level, at least for the time being. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever is in front of me to be done, and I don't leave the results up to him. However, it turns out, that's God's will for me. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations, for my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. Thank God for AA. Page 552, please. He said, in effect, if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you really want it, for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it, go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to mean it and want it for them. You will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. It worked for me then and it has worked for me many times since and will work for me every time I'm willing to work it. Sometimes I ask first for the willingness but it too always comes. 
And because it works for me, I think it will work for all of us. As another great man says, the only real freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you ought to do because you want to do it. This great experience will release me from the bondage of hatred and replace it with love. It's really just another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholics Anonymous, and everything I need, I get. And when I get what I need, I invariably find that it was just what I wanted all the time. Page 100, please. Both you and the new man must walk day by day on spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. Page 83, please. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to battle. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. It is easy to let up on a spiritual program of action and rest on our world. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. It is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. Yeah. Uh, Page 43. Oh, no. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more action. Page 43 now, please. Go ahead. Take us home, Patrick. I don't have the complete page 43. Oh, once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first strength, except in a few rare cases. Neither he nor any other human being can provide us such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. DM. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful readings. Notice that our first reading was on page 24, 
and he, and it says the first the fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. And then it goes on. We are without defense against the first drink, and then it finishes with. Uh, our defense must come from a higher power, and I experienced—I experienced that that when I was out there drinking, that two or three weeks later, I forget—I forgot all the trouble that I was in, that I got myself into, you know. And the—that's why the chips on the keychain, and I was at it again. I was going to the to the club and so forth, and then I realized that hey. I can't be doing this. I'm going to get caught again. There's going to be a case on top of a case on top of a case. So I thank God for uh, repetition of these words. They keep me on the cutting edge. All right, sir. What did you get out of it, please? Well, I'm going to uh, piggyback off of what you, you just said. Uh, can you explain to me what is our... De- I'm going to give you a... Act like I don't know anything. Well, sir, what is the defense when we have no defense at that particular moment, as we just quoted the big book? Well, that's very good. What, what, because... do, what do you do to uh, safeguard yourself? The defense to me comes with a, with a group of people that we do uh, what we're doing now. Uh, it comes out of our words, a defense. Like we, we prayed in. And I'm impressed with these words. So what these words are going to do, what we did right now on this session, that's why I go to a 12-step meeting. The, uh, the fruit of the 12-step meeting, the uh, adding of the words we read is it gives me faith, hope, and an awareness. And it pops up right in front of me when, I'm, when I stick the key into that. The awareness of a higher power just pops up because... I planted something in my heart earlier by going to a meeting and honestly saying, saying the prayers, honestly participating in my readings. And from there, I get a, a red flag, a flags that come up around me. When I neglect that one is when those flags don't come up. The, the spiritual awareness is not. We call it a spiritual awareness because it takes the power of God to raise those flags up, you know, and, and to... And to talk to us, you know, words have a significant role in our recovery and redemption. So we can move forward and get those nice things in life and enjoy them and, and don't piss on benefits that are coming our way. We are worthy of a good, good life. We we are worthy. Does that help? Yeah. However, I'll take it a step further, the question. And it's coming from a uh, uh, a relapser with many priors myself. What if we do the things that suggested, you know, get get on the phone, say a prayer, uh, read some something out of the big book, um, uh, you know, eat some candy or something? But what if that power, that urge to drink, is just it just consumes everything you've just done and just drives you? against your will to go get the alcohol. Uh, well, I mean, the, what the, do you uh, think that's so powerful? Anything worthwhile is, is worth <laughs> You finished? Yes. Anything, anything worthwhile is worth doing bad. 
you know, and the commitment is the most important thing of all is to be committed to uh, keep on trying, keep on doing your best to, because uh, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. You have a desire. The most courageous people I have are the honest people that are, that are you know, have slips, but they come back in and they say, I had a slip and they don't let shame, pride, ego keep us away after you had a slip. You just keep what we call that falling forward. I made a commitment to ace this program and I made a commitment to be good at it. I said, I'm going to be good and I'm going to be using the AA program. So no one ever asked me to be good, you know, just, just be a good person. And this program helps me to be a good person. Um, when I, I chose to be a good person, then the program helped me to uh, to achieve that. So I like to ask you, and everyone listening here, I like to ask you to be good, be good, you be good to yourself, you, you, your God, your understanding of God, your your fellow man, the other people that will come with a court card, or looking for direction, and for our loved ones, so they will be at peace and they know that we're. We're in good hands that we're not out there in arm's way, uh, causing misery to society, to ourselves, and to others that love us. How about that? That was good. Yeah, that, that kind of registered with me. So um, what was I going to say? Yeah, those are pretty cool words to uh, remember. I wish I had taken notes, but I just remembered I have it all on this uh, anchor podcasting so yeah the last part of what you said was cool and uh yeah you're right about god um you know as you know in my case i went from lawn sprinklers to (laughs) to where i am now which is where i need to be as we just said on page 52 of everything i need hey man we we uh we continually throw these words into our our guts so they'll bring out words that are not working like resentments and hatred or disappointments or just feeling that we're not worthy that's a big feeling we need we need to get out because you know once we start feeling the worthiness of our of our creator our father god our god that loves us he starts uh we're pumping in words with uh, commitment and love and and the words are going to work they're they're pushing out negative negative phrases negative ideas things of no value and especially in the ma- imagination, they re- de- defuse our imagination, and we see start seeing ourselves uh, worthy and able to get a better life through uh, through service. But the beauty about this information here, it creates joy, which we don't have to drink when we have joy. It creates wisdom. We don't have to think things, and that easy does it. Uh, rhythm in life when we participate willingly it only takes a half hour what we just done right we we apply our honesty to it and it just it just grows from there amen yes amen to that yeah putting good words into our hopper so we have something to munch on all day long and then we finish with prayer <laughs> And we have significant, outstanding, remarkable lives and things start to cook and happen. And we get intrigued with life and uncovering and discovering 
and and seeing new places, new people, and new things. Life really gets interesting in this program. It's it's a- animated and in full color. You know, it's it's like I say, children and alcoholics are say the darnest things. And if you want entertain, <laughs> entertainment, go to a meeting where uh, a new person, you know, the, the creativeness is good. We love it. Uh, hmm. I'll, uh, I'll make note to notice that the next time. Yeah, they just keep us entertained. It's no better, better than a sitcom. This is all the way live, you know. You know who said that quote was a guy, a TV host in the early days of TV was Art Linkletter. Well, what he, say? he said that quote, uh, something about kids say the darndest things. I believe it was his show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, the sad fact is his son uh, killed himself during an LSD L- uh, overdose. I think he jumped off a building. So, mm, that's sad. I'm yeah. sorry to... to uh, no, that's the truth. We have about 80,000 deaths a year, alcoholic-related driving ju- things, and that's what we're doing yeah. here. We're doing community service, keep awareness that uh, don't drink and drive, man, you know, just park the car and walk, you know, and uh, I know it's fun drinking and driving and, and testing the roads, but it's Russian roulette, you know. We are going to hurt somebody or hurt ourselves. Uh, there is better ways of entertainment, you know, and that's, I like, that's why I like to ask you to be good and use the 12-step program to help you to be good in life all the way through. You know, just making good choices is the, is the right place to to have a good life, we it comes back to us, you know, being being available for others. Amen. Uh, that's that's the uh, courageous. Uh, you want to see how tough you are? Try helping somebody in the program. You know, try to help someone change their lives. You know, it's easy to drink and 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 um, and, and throw a tantrum and uh, break everything. But it's it's hard thing to go out there and uh, help someone and be be available. Anyway, God bless you. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming in today. We're going to close with the Our Father, and I believe we we're good to go today to go out there and get go have some fun, and even if we have to work, move some furniture, it's still rewarding, huh? <laughs> Amen. Let's go ahead and finish up. Do you have any other parting words, uh, Patrick? No, thank you for the good orderly direction today, Fernando. Thank you. Hey, man, you're quite welcome. My pleasure. And everyone else, God bless each and every one of you. Let's go ahead and finish out with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working. Right on. All right. I'll see you in, I'll see you in a few. Just let me know when you're coming down there, Patrick. Okay. Be a little bit. All right. All All right. right. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome.
Welcome to today's reading of Daily Reflection for February the 28th. Fernando, alcoholic, your secretary. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change those things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Our fellowship consists of men, women, and people who have eliminated the problem of alcohol and are helping others to do the same thing by our sharing, caring, and believing that they can do it and loving them till they can love themselves. Today's reading for Daily Reflection is what? No president? When told that our society has no president having authority to govern it, no treasurer who can compel the payment of any dues, our friends gasp and exclaim, this simply can't be. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 132. When I finally made my way to AA, I could not believe that there was no treasurer to compel the payments of dues. I cannot imagine an organization that didn't require monetary contributions in return for a service. It was my first and thus far only experience with getting something for nothing because I did not feel used or conned by those in AA. Because of that, I was able to approach the program free from bias and with an open mind. They wanted nothing from me. What could I lose? I thank God for the wisdom of the early founders who knew so well the alcoholic disdain for being manipulated. In other words, how they knew that we were suspicious at every step. We were suspicious dogs at every step. Anyway, I was. You know, and I was, my eyes, when the basket started going around, uh, oh, yeah, there's the, there's the angle. There's the angle. I found no angle. All I found, exactly this, and I was able to put down my two-by-four that I came in with, and which was my chip in my shoulder. It was a pretty big chip, huh? Today, I accept the fact that I don't got it together, and I continually need the fellowship to help me Keep it together. Cool, huh? All right, let's go ahead and jump over and read Proverbs 28. Let's go ahead and read it in today's uh, God's Word. A wicked person flees when no one is chasing him, but righteous people are as bold as lions. When a country is in revolt, it has many rulers, but only with a person who has understanding and knowledge would it last a long time. A poor person who oppresses poorer people is like a driving rain that leaves no food. Those who abandon God's teachings praise wicked people, but those who follow God's teachings oppose wicked people. Evil people do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand everything. 
Better to be a poor person who has integrity than to be rich and double-dealing. Whoever follows God's teaching is a wise son. Whoever associates with gluttonous disgraces his father. Whoever becomes wealthy through unfair loans and interest collects them for the one who is kind to the poor. Surely the prayer of someone who refuses to listen to God's teaching is disgusting. Whoever leads decent people into evil will fall into his own pit, but innocent people will inherit good things. Innocent people will inherit good things. I say, I say, will inherit good things. A rich person is wise in his own eyes, but a poor person with understanding sees right through him. When righteous people triumph, there is great glory, and when wicked people rise, people hide themselves. Whoever covers his sins does not prosper. Whoever confesses and abandons them receives compassion. Step four. Blessed is the one who is always fearful of sin, but whoever is hard-hearted falls into disaster. Like a roaring lion and a charging bear, so a wicked ruler is a threat to poor people. A leader without understanding taxes his people heavily, but those who hate unjust gains will live longer. A person burdened with the guilt of murder will be a fugitive down to his grave. No one will help him. Whoever lives honestly will be safe. Whoever lives dishonestly will fall all at once. Whoever works his land will have plenty to eat. Whoever changes unrealistic dreams will have plenty of nothing. Whoever works his land will have plenty to eat. Whoever chases unrealistic dreams will have plenty of nothing. A trustworthy person has many blessings. But anyone in a hurry to get rich will not escape punishment. Showing partiality is not good because some people will turn on you even for a piece of bread. A stingy person is in a hurry to get rich, not realizing that poverty is about to overtake him. Whoever criticizes people will be more highly regarded in the future than the one who flatters with his tongue. Whoever criticizes people will be more highly regarded in the future than the one who flatters with his tongue. The one who robs his father or his mother and says it, is, it isn't wrong is a companion to a vandal. A greedy person stirs up a fight, but whoever trusts the Lord prospers. Whoever trusts his own heart is a fool. Whoever walks in wisdom will survive. Whoever gives to the poor lacks nothing. Whoever ignores the poor receives many curses. When the wicked people rise, people hide. When they die, righteous people increase. All right, today we're going to have a special reading from the daily, from our grapevine, 
November of 1988. This article is, How Autonomous Can You Be? This is actually a reprint from 1960, August Grapevine. I was reminded as some delegates to the 10th Central Service Conference of AA last April mentioned groups in their areas which declined to participate in the worldwide services of Alcoholics Anonymous because, till the report went, they prefer to be autonomous. Obvious though, the answer may be many, still the question arises. Does group autonomy mean group isolation? Or does group autonomy mean non-participation in any but local AA activities? Everybody agrees that self-government of the local group is an essential AA principle. One of the most common daily activities of staff members at the General Service Office is the reminding of groups that a particular question raised in correspondence can only be settled by the group itself. The GSO offered as requested. It does prepare literature in which group experience with certain problems is made available to all. GSO speakers will, when invited to area meetings, regularly present not their own opinions, but the varied experiences throughout the AA world as a report to GSO. Self-government is so deeply embedded in the AA tradition after 25 years that it is far from needing of defense. On the contrary, here as through all AA and indeed all human affairs, easy does it applies. Autonomy, like all other good things, can be carried to excess. Autonomy can become isolation, the self-respecting individual, independent, self-supporting, deciding for himself what is right and good, and can, as he carries his independence to the an extreme, become the door sour little man in the in a in a box away hidden, cherishing the thought that people are no damn good, they'll hurt you, a thought which carries to his logical conclusions, including himself. In this respect, the group is like the individual. It must be responsible for the management of its own affairs, elect its officers and representatives, raise its own finances, provide its own meeting place, conduct its meetings as it sees fit, develop its own program of 12-step work and sponsorship, work out its own arrangement with other groups and individuals in the community. But it should not try to operate in a vacuum. No one got AA in isolation. Every member of the group is sober today because some other individual carried the message. And no individual stays sober in AA by himself, but as a member of a group. Whether it be a local group, his own corresponding group, or the larger group of AA as a whole. No group develop of itself and by itself. No single group is responsible for the development of the principles we live by. The three legacies of recovery, unity, and service, no group can handle the thousands of inquiries which flow each month, assign AA members to call on new prospects, provide for the translations of the AA message into other languages, keep in touch with hospital and prison groups, advise press, radio, and TV on AA ideas and procedures, keep in touch with the loners and internationalists, 
No group is wise enough and big enough, wealthy enough to do the total AA job today. Paul Tillich, recognized as one of the great philosophers and theologians of our time, says that every individual must have the courage to be. Courage to be himself, courage to be part of something else. The man who does not have the courage to be himself, to stand for something, to preserve his identity, and to refuse to become a slave to either tradition or custom cases, to be a man and flees from life's realities into some large group where he may be supported. The man who does not have the courage to be part of something else isolates himself from the stream of life and deprives the society of which he is part of his interests, support, and ideas. Both types of participation are needed. Tillis says for the full life, this can be applied equally to the groups in AA. They must have the courage to be themselves, to stand on their own feet, to meet the problems or relations with other groups and with outside agencies without fear and without arrogance. Many of the problems forwarded to GSO will disappear as local groups become truly autonomous in actuality as well as in tradition. But just as individuals in AA need each other's support, to the groups needed a sense of fellowship with others in the AA way of life. Just what damage is done when a group chooses to withdraw from participation in the whole AA movement, to function only in its own community for the benefit of its own members. AA as a whole loses because of its deprived of the knowledge of local thinking, local solutions to local problems. Virtually all AA problems exist at the local level. There are few national or state situations, but most of our difficulties arise out of local developments. The group which refuses to share its experiences with others makes it just so much harder for the group in the neighborhood, town, or nearby state, or across the world, to handle similar situations when they arise. A secondary but just as damaging loss is to the group itself. Just as individual thinking on the 12 steps and 12 traditions can become warped if the individual does not occasionally check his thinking against that of his brother in AA. So group thinking can get off the beam on strange and even weird tangents, sometimes producing interpretations which most other AAs would question. Contacts with other groups and with the movement of a whole can contribute much towards the overall unity of the larger group conscience of AA as a whole. Thus, we are bound up together in a fellowship which depends for its strength and performance on the living attachment of all its groups and individual members, one with another, and thus do we see the autonomy it carries to an extreme, can make of AA's a fragmented affair, limited to the strength of each local group, unable to speak with a united voice to the millions who still desperately need to hear the message we have to carry. The local group which withdraws in outer space punishes itself and its members as well. It becomes inbreed, inbred, 
by its very act of isolation from others in AA, it tends likewise to isolate itself from society and often stops carrying the message. Being content to remain a tiny self-admiration society of recovered drunks. It deprives its members of satisfaction of the achievement of AA at home and abroad. Is a new group help to get started somewhere? The isolated group has to have no hands on it. If the very exciting news of this translation of Akash Namas in still another foreign tongue is reported, the isolated group can feel no sense of shared responsibility. If a sailor struggling against such heavy odds to keep sober on the beach in Yokohama finds help through a Japanese AA group or a loner in a prospector's cabin miles from civilization keeps clear of the bottle because of a stream of friends, friendly letters from GSO. If alcoholics in a state prison or mental hospital are helped to prepare for sobriety in the outside world by GSO encouraging support to the institution's group, if these and thousands of other efforts in the world struggle against alcoholism succeed inch by painful inch, is if all these things in which AA members rejoice come to pass, the isolated group can take no joy in them. If in truth he it thinks about them or even hears about them. The strength of AA sobriety rests on the shared experiences. AA members and groups have deferred in the past, deferred today, and will defer tomorrow. Through arguments, we grow in wisdom and strength, but we shall fall apart if every individual or every group pulls out of over each disagreeable its disagreement with some action or viewpoint. Whether of another individual, another group, or AA as a whole through its general service conference. The tradition stressed this thought in many ways. There is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting. Just as one of the, the horrors of our drinking days was loneliness, so one of the greatest joys of our recovery has been the love and support we have found from others in AA. As free individuals and members of AA's autonomous groups, we ought to always to remember that our recovery depended on the support of others, as does the continuance of our sobriety. Simple gratitude compels us all to be mindful of the needs of others and to work in the ways and through the means developed by the AA movement to try to reach someone, some of the millions of our fellow alcoholics who are still suffering in the hell from which they have escaped. J.P.L. Patterson, New Jersey. Thank you guys for coming in today's podcast. Fernando Alcoholic, we're going to do this set-aside prayer and then the um, serenity prayer. And this goes like this. God, please help me to set aside everything I think I know about you, about myself, about my fellow man, and about these steps. And please allow me to have a fresh new revelation and perspective 
an understanding of, of you, of myself, my fellow man, and these 12 steps in Jesus' name. Amen. Serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Uh, let's go ahead and get our reading started, please. Let's go to page uh, 24. I'll go ahead and start, Rick. We'll do a couple and then... <clears throat> the fact is that most alcoholics, for re- reason yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation or even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. The almost certain consequences that follow taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hasty and rarely supplanted with the old treadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of that kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. Rick? say to himself in a most casual way, I won't burn me this time, so here's how. Or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have us begun to drink in this nonchalant way and after the third report, down to the bar saying, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplied by well and stop at a sixth tree. What was the use anyhow? When this thinking is fully established, an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid and less locked up, or may die or will permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history, but for the grace of God, there have been thousands more convincing demonstrations, but so many of us want to stop, but cannot. <clears throat> there is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leavening of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us to, but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence which we had not even dreamed. The great <clears throat> fact is just this, and nothing less, that we had had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. If you're seriously alcoholic, as we were believed, if there's no middle of road solution, we are in a position where life is and impossible if we had to pass through a region which there is no return through the UNA, we had but two alternatives. One was to go to go out to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of the intolerable situation as best as we could. The other is to set spiritual health. This we did because we honestly wanted to or willing to make the effort. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, pray the Our Father, and then I'm, we're going to ask for for comments on what just we just read, okay? Let's, the Our Father, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, uh, I'd like to start with uh, Deborah, but right away that Our Father uh, reminds me of the first sentence that we read. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation. That's deliver us from temptation right there. You know, help us. Pluck us out of the evil one. We are without defense against the first drink. Uh, and it's amazing how the awakening, the spiritual awakening is an AA, and you have found much of heaven that, uh, you know. So I'll go ahead and start with Deborah, then we'll go to Rick, and then I'll come back to myself. Thank you. Okay. I don't know if I got it, but. Um, I'm going to try. Um, when you said about that first drink, um, just like it says um, that I was, uh, I think it's the first step, um, that I'm on, uh, what do you call it, against the alcohol. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I have to change that word to people, places, and things. Because it, um, when I was going to AA, um, it helped me, and it peeled some layers of the onion. Um, but as time went on, I, I started to find out it was more in the area of um, emotional sobriety. And and because uh, from that, all the things, all the all the things that are happening in my life stem from that. And uh, when it speaks of spiritual malady, that once I can get my spiritual put together the rest is going to fall to fall into place amen amen and that's exactly what we're talking about in here that we have found much of heaven we have been rocketed into an existence in the fourth dimension and that god has entered into our hearts and moves and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous um Rick, uh, what happened when I first came, I noticed that all my drinking buddies uh, were pushed away. And, and and the sky was blue. I had money in my pocket, and I smelled good. Before AA, I kind of stunk. I always stepped in shit. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just stinking. I was bloody. I was tattooed. And I went to AA. My car looked the same thing with the light hanging out. I wrapped it around a fence. See, I see. I have to, I have to rethink of these things because we, we will drop the ball. I will drop the that first drink. It's the first drink that will get you started. Amen. Now I'd like to hear from Rick.
him, I wouldn't be here today because I was on the road to ruin. Amen. I, I thank God for him because you had had patience with me. Everybody else bailed out. Because <laughs> we keep reading the same thing. We've been doing this over a year. But, yeah. but we this is the first time we stop and really uh, try to analyze what we the popcorn that's popping every time we read it this, you know, it's like the idea that pops in my head as we read it. Um, and, and I remember that when I put the key and I was at the Red Onion and I saw my keychain, I said, wow, I got a DOI two years ago. I mean, two, two weeks ago. And here I am at again. And it reminded me that I have a problem. I'm an alcoholic. How, how, uh, what a wimpy little mind. How quickly it forget when you're drinking the devastation and the wreckage that you're, you can't see the wreckage that you're, the wake that you're leaving behind when you're, uh, you know, when you're out there drinking and moving. Uh, Possession of the devil. Possession. Darkness. Yeah, the alcoholic devil, you know, all he wants to do is, is, is to go out and drink and, uh, and, Amen. Okay, well, we won't go any further. That's pretty good. I like the uh, the part where it says uh, that it took away, it worked It worked in all my character defects, like you said that, and I started accepting people the way. I started accepting myself and the past problems that I couldn't accept was I was drinking over. Um, so let's go ahead and, and read today's daily reflections. Let's shift gears. Let's go into a higher gear now. We're on, on getting on a fast lane. <laughs> daily reflections now I'm going to ask you guys for comments on this one so listen closely please the title is hope hey maybe you can read you can read it with me look can you see that hope you see it do, do not be discouraged alcoholic manners page 60 few Few experiences are less valuable than fast sobriety. Too many times, discouragement has been the boldness of, for unrealistic expectations, not to mention self-pity or fatigue from my wanting to change the world by the weekend. Discouragement is a warning signal that I may have wandered across the God line. The secret of fulfilling my potential is in, that in acknowledging my limitations and believing that time is a gift, not a threat. Hope is the key that unlocks the door of discouragement. The program promises me that if I do not pick up the first drink today, I will always have hope. Having come to believe that I keep what I share, every time I encourage, I receive courage. It is with others that with the grace of God and the fellowship of AA, I trudge the road of happy destiny. May I always remember that the power within me is far greater than any fear before me. May I always have patience, for I am on the right road. Um, okay, the topic is discouragement. Uh, when, when was the last time you were discouraged? I was just a couple of days ago. <laughs> this, this was written for me. I ran away from up north from all the work. And I, I, I actually got tired, you know, from, from trying to be everything to everybody. So I came back to my meetings where I feel at home. Um, 
discouragement is uh, is just that lack of sleep, too many things, not getting enough uh, meditation time, and and the print the, the reading right here says that I'm a human being, I can't do all things, you know. I, I the maintenance of Fernando is so important, the relax and, and recreation. When I first signed up to go to prisons. And when I have a sponsor that's a, a literature sponsor, I have a sponsor that's a spiritual sponsor, and then I have a big book thumper sponsor. But when I signed up to go to San Quentin, to, to all these prisons up in Northern California, I go, man, I can go to one a week, man. I was so excited. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. And the guy said, no, you're going to go one a month. I said, one a month? It's just like a regular meeting. I have met people a lady that that all she does is meetings in institutions and in jails and before COVID, right? That's that's her life. Her meetings, her AA or her twelve step meetings or El Anon, everything she does is in institutions. That's that's the life I wanted, and uh, but I didn't get the. I only I I go to the boys camp up in the hill that, until they close it for years. We're going up there, you know, taking. I take some, uh, uh, let's say, uh, claw bears, bear claws, for the for the boys, and they were uh, white, black, and Hispanic, and they they and they went like this, Rick, to the to the bear claws. They jumped on them, they grabbed them, and they squeezed them like <laughs> it was a big mess, man. The claws fly all over the place, and I couldn't control those guys, and they were like. Hey, sit down, man. We're going to have an AA meeting right here. And boy, what a mess. And uh, anyway, uh, what did you get out of uh, the difference between discouragement and hope? And and do you know your your middle line when you get discouraged? And we'll start off with Rick. And when you find yourself starting getting discouraged, what do you do? I find I like the part where it's that hope is the key. Mm-hmm. Does that take a lot of work to stay in the positive? It does. <laughs> it does. It does. Okay, tell us about it, Deborah. Um, I like first. I like this the sentence. May I always have patience, for I am on the right road. Oh, when it starts to hit, at least now I'm not stuck in some kind of insanity cage for weeks. It, it's it's just for a certain amount of period, and and I, and I think it's maybe just enough for my higher power to rattle my cage to let me know that okay something's not what's not right. There's something that's not right, so I have to start looking at 
I have to look at what I'm doing. Uh, I got to look at if I'm halt anywhere. And most of the time it is halt. And I say patience because if I lean upon my higher power in patience, the road will start to straighten and I start feeling okay inside. But, and I don't like, you know, you guys know that I, there's a lot of, I have pre-existing conditions and they want to put you on all kinds of stuff. And I don't want to be on all kinds of stuff. I want to, I want to be close to me as possible. And, and, uh, uh this way I, I can use my own barometer because being on all these psych drugs, they don't let me be able to find that in me. I'm just out there and I do not like that feeling because I feel like I've been out there my whole life. And now I've found a place to kind of like, I can come and stay instead of leave again and keep leaving, always leaving territorial changes. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful boy, man, heavy duty stuff. You know, um, yeah, the doctors try to give us hope in a, in a pill, in a cup, you know, oh, here's your hope. Put your hope on this. I'm God. You 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 don't know how to run your life. I'll run it for you. Here, I had I had this one doctor, and I was just kidding with him. I said, "Do you think I should eat anything natural?" And he goes, "Oh, maybe, maybe onions." <laughs> and then I I took his prescriptions. You know, I think I had a backache or something, or I had bacteria in the gut, and I I wasn't feeling strong. You know, I was feeling weak. So and um. I went and I checked out. He wanted $65 for one, another $35 for the other one, whatever. I just checked the prices. I go, no, don't order them. I'm not going to order them. I uh, I went to the Natural Health Suit Store, and they said, they gave me some uh, bi- probiotics. Yes. Or something good for the gut bacteria. And they said I had a bacteria. Well, anyway, I found that out. I went back to the doctor. I said, hey, I'm not feeling strong. You guys check my blood. They checked my blood once. And nothing, and they didn't find anything. They checked my blood again, nothing. So I went searching in the books and looking and looking and went to the library. And then I found out what was happening. The bacteria's poop was going into my bloodstream. And then I said, look for this name here. Look for it in my blood. And they, and they did. And they came back. Yep, that's what it is. They, oh, wow. You know, and then I realized that they're no different than us. They have to focus on every item and but they got too many items too many people to focus on yeah you so know it doesn't work that way. each of us has the ability to to learn something and come out with a with a godly natural conclusion and and one of the ones is uh that alcohol the molecule of alcohol is stronger than the composition of the human cell said so it will deduct you know that it it would eat it up and it, it fights back. The liver protects it, protects until it can't protect you no more if you keep pouring alcohol in it. And then it starts, uh, you know, for say, eating up the human cells all around your body. And, and uh, like I usually explain that my house is like my cell and alcohol has busted all the windows and busted all the, the you know, it's just abandoned house. So every morning I have to put this, like Rick said, this hope. Put up like right now. I'm putting up the windows, the screen, and so the bugs, so the temperature would be okay. And I got to do this every day to my house, because that's an abnormal. I'm an abnormal. I cannot handle alcohol. That's what would happen if 
I drink it, I won't be able to to, to stand sustain in my house because it, the wind will and the rats and everything will come in from the outside, and I will be worse. All right, that's enough from me. Anybody else got anything else? We are out of time. How quickly when I'm talking about myself, the time goes. <laughs> Well, here's a cup of hope for you guys. God bless you. Remarkable things are going to happen today because we're asking for it. You are asking for it. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray out with the uh, third step prayer, please. God, grant me this. Excuse me. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them. Make bear witness of those I would help of your power, your love, and your way of life. May I do your will always. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you, Rick. Okay, you guys. Take care. Bye, Rick. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, provide a gift package for raffles. Let me know. Okay. I'm Fernando. Oh, tickets are on sale. Go ahead, Fernando. No, go ahead. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. They have live. You're on mute, Fernando. Oh. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. Yeah, we have uh, meetings in Antioch there at 9 a.m. seven days a week. Uh, the fully clothed and right mind live meetings with. Uh, we had seven people this past uh, last 30 days. That's, we're under a year of celebrating, so it's really hot, red hot and rolling. Send us your newcomers. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Fernando. And then uh, what you were saying, Steve, about the um, tickets being on sale. Um, down at the service center or through an, any intergroup rep. Okay. And online too, right? I think you said before. Yes, you are correct. Sorry, I missed that. All right. How about any other AA-related announcements from the floor? Okay. Well, then it is my, just uh, just found this out, it's my honor and pleasure to introduce our share, uh, chairperson this morning, and that's Sean there. As well, I see his car. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he stepped away for a minute here. Let's see. Yeah, that was... I don't know how you can step too far out of the car, though. There he is. <laughs> You're on mute. Oh, there you go, Sean. Oh, are you talking to me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Just... Mr. Chairperson. Mr. Chairperson, what happened? I was <laughs> My name's Sean. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Sean. Hey, Sean. Yeah, I, know I was actually just, I was at my sister's house getting my mail. She set the mail out on the front porch, so I missed what you were saying. You want me to... So, okay, my name's Sean. I guess you want me to share a little bit about what's going on? Yeah, if you could, please. All right, my name's Sean. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I think I have 84 days today sober. It's uh, not been easy, I'll tell you that right now, but uh, you know what, I'm doing it. I'm, on, I'm actually on my way to another community to make the coffee. I'm the coffee maker there, so I already have a pot of coffee, but I'm heading over there right now. Um, you know what? Uh, about five months ago, uh, I had DCFS show up to my house, and uh, that's never a fun thing. And I'm still waiting what they're what they're gonna do 
with me, but uh, you know, I'm in a pro, I'm in an outpatient program right now. I'm about program. Um, you know, uh, uh, you caught me by surprise this morning. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what? I, things are going okay, though. I mean, you know what? The last last few days have been kind of rough and stuff like that. And I need to figure out what's going on, and I think. Uh, since I have all this accountability with ECFS and everything else, it's a good opportunity to for, for me to figure out uh, why I'm why I'm going through the uh, the issues and the anxiety that I have the last few days and stuff like that. I think you know I'm gonna have to take a good look at it. I got a sponsor that's kind of working with me on it a little bit. I've been talking to him. He's, had, he's been having me do some reading out of the uh, out of the twelve by twelve on step one and stuff like that about you know just surrender and stuff like that. So you know. Um, but yeah, you know what, I've, I've had, you know, I'm a, I'm a chronic relapser, so I've had, you know, this is right around the time that I, I'd probably be relapsing if I didn't have all the stuff that, that's going on in my life. And, uh, so, you know, it'd be nice to, to get over this hurdle, and, uh, you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to eventually take, take a cake. I've only taken one cake in my life. And, uh, that was about 10 years ago, and I've been in and out of these rooms just really struggling. It's really struggling with, you know, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want to admit I'm an alcoholic. I always think that, you know, if I take that one drink, things are going to be different, you know. And they never are. It's always the same. It's always the same every time. I take that for, you know, I'm off and running. And, you know, and I, I can admit that today, even though even though my head will take me back and say, you know, my head my head still stabilizes me. You know, it says you can, you can handle one drink. And I, I know I can't. I know the truth. My heart, my heart tells me I can't do that. Um, so, you know, uh, I guess I just, I, you know, they said the only step that you have to work 100% is, uh, is step one. That's, uh, I, I, on a daily basis, I have to remind myself that I'm powerless with every alcohol. So I know it's just effort. like I said, I know it's just effort strength that's just going to get me off and running. Um, but you know what, I, I, you know, my son's still with me, my daughter's in, in Nevada, and, you know, things are, things are getting better. I mean, like, I, I told my sponsor yesterday that my, my, my day was uneventful yesterday, and he's all, well, he's all, he's all, here's a different perspective. He's all, that's, that's really a good thing. <laughs> you didn't drink, or you didn't pick up, or, you know, he's all, that's, that's a good thing. But you got, it's like kind of, you know, I didn't get out of bed till 10 o'clock, me and my son went out to lunch, so I, I lounged around the house and watched Netflix, just kind of relaxed. And to be honest, it wasn't that bad of a day, you know. Last night, I, I'm a door dasher, so I, I went out and worked for a few hours. But you know, uh, I'm really great. I'm, I'm happy that you picked on me because I wasn't prepared for this at all, and it kind of got me out of myself. It's exactly where I needed to be. Um, you know, and I'm just I'm taking it one day at a time. And I'm just you know, like maybe I haven't been doing as much as I should be doing, just because I don't know. I, I get lazy sometimes. That's that's a dangerous place to be. Um, so what? I'm really gonna have to push myself this time. I'm going to have to do a lot more reading and a lot more applications in my life just in order to stay sober just by, you know, doing the principles. I'm still waiting for that spiritual experience that I heard about in the speaker the other day. Uh, you know, that's, that's that's the end game, I guess, once it works with these steps. <laughs> but right now, I'm, I'm just working on step one with my sponsor. I mean, I've, I've, I've gone through the, the steps before. or some, You know, I, I did a step study a long time ago, and, I, you know, the last time before the relapse, I think it was, I just finished step three, and we were just about to get into step four, which might be the reason I relapsed. I don't know. I can blame it on that. But 
Um, you know what? I, it's, you know, that's all I got, I think. I'm just grateful to be here. Thank you for picking on me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I have no idea who's going to be the chairperson this morning. So I'm just going to come to the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chair a little bit about what's going on. I didn't know I was going to open the meeting, so... Sean, you always come through for us, man. It's like, you know, with the laughter, it's just amazing. His his laughter is contagious, you know. Every time he comes shows up over here and uh it's always it's always pleasant to have Sean. Um and thank you so much. Um uh, eighty four days, you're six days away from a ninety day chip. That's all that's awesome, man. And I remember those days, you know, I, was, I call that falling forward I, because before I used to mess up, but I, I didn't have any hope and I would fall backwards, fall backwards, deeper and deeper into the uh, abyss of uh, alcoholism and no hope, no no faith. So when uh, I started falling, even though when I started on my journey, uh, I fall forward and still there was hope, there was progress, right? I was learning to be a toddler and and learn to uh, to envision myself, see myself uh, staying sober. And that was that was a tough one. 
But now what we have is your honesty. We're going to, I'm going to have your, we're going to be multiplied in prayers, probably keep you in our prayers the next few days. So uh, I would buy a lottery ticket. Now, if I were you, you know, we'd be <laughs> praying for you to be, to hit one over the fence, you know, and make it progress. And thank you for being of service, you know, uh, that makes a huge uh, imagination lock in all week long. You say, you know, you'll say, I, I can't do this because I got to do my, I can't go there. I got to, I can't lose the containers here in the, uh, in my commitment, you know. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to have a cup of java this morning and be there with you. So God bless you. And, and uh, the gratitude, conning all my gratitudes, I, I'm moving my toes and being all the way live. I'm really thankful for everyone that's here. God bless everyone. And I'll see you later. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Fernando. Anybody? Well, Steve, you're actually up in the pole position. If <laughs> we would do that, where's Diane? <laughs> I'm Steve, alcoholic. Hey, Steve. And I was just pulling out a piece of paper because I can't seem to remember things, but I was going to write down the word complacency um, because that was part of the topic. Well, first of all, I'm grateful. I'm Steve, and I'm an alcoholic, and I am a grateful alcoholic. I'm grateful for the fact that I'm in a fellowship uh, that surrounds me with love and care. Uh, I'm grateful, grateful for my service commitments. Uh, I will diverse. Yesterday um, at the service center, uh, people from Danville Speaker Meeting came in. And they hadn't bought literature in all, over two years, basically. And, and they cleaned off the shelves. And I'm, in the process, I found out that they're still doing hybrid. So, Joy, if you want, you can always go to a speaker meeting at Danville on the first Saturday of the month. in their Zoom, as well as in person. Um, the power of AA to me is, is the breadth that it has. Um, no matter... Where we are, invariably, if we reach out and tell people who we are, we find out that there's other members out there walking beside us, even when we don't know it. And um, I won't say I'm complacent. Right now, it's like um, in my life, I have a tendency to want to sleep a lot. And I'm beginning, I was trying to say, well, am I depressed or is this just I need to sleep? And I shared that with Ogden yesterday and those who know him. And um, we just started talking about the Concord Fellowship and then Joe's involvement in the fellowship early on. And I'm doing it again, and I began to really have emotions. And, um, and I was able to have those emotions with somebody that I may not know very well, but I could absolutely trust. I could absolutely trust in how he felt at the same time and share those experiences. So I get around to, am I complacent? And the answer is no, I am in the process. As we learn in Alcoholics Anonymous, it's a process. It's not a goal. When I first got here, I was going to do all 12 steps in the first month. Graduate and go on my merry way and now, 33 years later, uh, I'm still back at step one every so often, or step four, you know. Um, 
we can't be complacent. We can't be complacent in where we are if we're going to stay sober. We must be involved. We must be active in our sobriety. And if nothing else, we need to pray once in a while just to get ourselves straightened out and ask for some direction. So that's basically where I'm at. Um, as I say, I'm planning to go to a theater this afternoon with some friends. And my complacent side says, I'll yeah. go, but I'll come right back. I will not go out to dinner with them or I won't do any. And then I have to remember that over the years of my sobriety, um, when I've gotten to the point where I was fearful of going the next step, all I had to do is do the first step. All I had to do is walk, put my one foot in front of the other. And when I got through, it was a wonderful experience. I won't tell you how many times that I went to Puerto Vallarta with Joe Lopez and dreaded the trip because I was going to have a miserable time and came back not wanting to come home. That's what complacency will do to you. You cannot be complacent. You need to walk forward. And I guess I better shut up because I'll just start preaching now. But um, I do appreciate this meeting, and I appreciate all the meetings that are online. And I've, now I'm talking about going back to the Concord Fellowship because I was touched yesterday by somebody there. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Steve. All right. Hey, John, good morning. <laughs> John. <laughs> uh, thanks for waking me up. I'm John, an alcoholic. Done. Grateful for another beautiful day. Uh, yeah, I mean, staying grateful uh, keeps me going. You know, I've got uh, I've got what I need to get to where I'm going. You know, and uh, I'm pretty sure I know where I'm going. So that's a good thing too. Uh, I hope you're all having a good weekend. Uh, staying safe and sane. But, uh, yeah, I'm grateful. But uh, that's where I'm at. Y'all have a great day. Peace. All right. Thanks, John. <laughs> Todd, good morning. Good morning. Yeah. My name's Todd. I'm an alcoholic. Todd. Um, so gratitude. It's always good. I, I like the little additional complacency there, the little twist. Um, I was actually at a meeting, uh, Pleasant Hill Fellowship, I had to speak there. And after the meeting, there's a guy there who came up. He had uh, 70 days. And he was angry at alcohol. And he was just, I mean, vehemently angry. He's like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's like, whew. It's like, just on the anger, he probably keeps over for a while. And I remember, I wasn't that angry, but coming in, I was like, um, I, I did, you know, I wanted to separate myself from alcohol because of all the stuff was done. So I guess it was angry. I, I was like, uh, I just want to get away from it. I just want to run away from it. And um, my sponsor said something like that, that which we resist persists. And so that, that, I was kind of self-fulfilling that prophecies like alcohol is always going to be in my life or the the draw of alcohol is always going to be in my life. And I was just, what I was hating was just kind of staying with me. 
and I had to let that go. And because otherwise, I think I would I would drink. Yeah, I think it would just come up for me. I would I, it would just stay with me. I don't know how to explain that. Um, and so I let go. I let kind of let go of the alcohol. And that changed after about a year. That changed my sobriety. It's like okay, alcohol is always going to be in my life, and I'm going to be with people that are drinking it. I'm going to be around situations where it's there. I mean, there's some choices I can make to limit how much it affects me, but it's always going to be there. You know, so you kind of fast forward from there. It's like after seven years, around seven years, I think I got too complacent with that. I I wasn't mindful enough, and I slept. I mean, because of the complacency, and it was the attitude of um, of alcohol. I went from either being like too mad or too angry at it and too complacent at it. So I relapsed, and I know what that is like. Today, though, I am grateful that I am, I'm here right now where I'm at. You know, my mom is uh, is losing her, her memory, and her first time to this recently passed away, my brother. And so when I see her, it breaks my heart because I have to remind her. It's like when I bring this up, it's almost like telling her again. And I think it's kind of sinking in, but there were moments yesterday when I told her, when I mentioned it, and she's like, she almost asked me the question. She's like, what happened to him? <laughs> and I was like, ah, it's like breaking her heart again. And um, so I am, uh, yeah, my mom, though, is totally living in the present. You know, we'll do something. We had to fill out this little application. Five minutes later, she forgot. And we had to kind of remind her what, this, what we did. And then she's kind of like, Either she's taking it really good or she really does kind of get some memory on it. But when she's in the moment, I mean, there's usually she's very joyful. She's going through some pain in her hip. And so when she's walking, she's in pain. She's, and you can't tell her anything. The nice little old lady turns into the, the not a nice little lady, old lady. But when she sits down and the pain's gone, she's back to being in the moment. And I, I don't know, I think there's a lesson there of, you know, it, it's too bad shit, the memory's gone, but, you know, when she's, when she's in joy, she just enjoys, there's nothing else there, right? And when she's in pain, she's in pain. And there's no, there's no trying to suppress it. Um, anyways, I don't know, going off topic there. I am grateful. I'm actively grateful for my sobriety. I come to these meetings because I'm, that's how I show my gratitude as well. You know, and, and you guys to be there uh, for me. Uh, I truly value uh, everything that you guys have done for me in the last month and your care and concern uh, means a bunch. I'm out. All right. Thanks, Don. Hey, Donna. Good morning again. <laughs> guys we're gonna have a great a great <clears throat> week let's go ahead and open it with the uh, set aside prayer please god i set aside everything i think i know about you everything i think i know about myself about my fellow man and these steps for a new revelation in you lord a new insight in myself and my fellow man 
and on these steps. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. And let's go ahead and pray the uh, Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. How long have you felt sick? Uh, just one day. Yesterday at about 5 o'clock, 4.30. I was uh, a little headache and feeling achy. And then... Uh, yeah, I'm going to check myself. I'm gonna have to, I have those strips. I feel okay now, this morning. Uh, just want to go sleep early. It was... Yeah, so if you guys want to have a COVID hugs, let me know. <laughs> oh, I can't. The key is willingness. Amen. Once we have placed the key of willingness in the lock and have the door ever so slightly open, we find that we can always open it some more. This is taken from the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 35. The willingness to give up my pride and self-will to a power greater than myself has proved to be the most, to be the only ingredient absolutely necessary to solve all of my problems today. Even the smallest amount of willingness, if sincere, is sufficient to allow God to enter and take control over any problem, pain, or obsession. My level of comfort is in direct relation to the degree of willingness I possess at any given moment to give up my self-will and allow God's will to be manifested in my life. With the key of willingness, my worries and fears are powerfully transformed into serenity. Wow. That's pretty heavy. That sounds that sounds like uh, I willingly thank God for my problems and then God willingly helps me, um, helps us to, to be at ease. Do I have any comments on that? Willingness. All right, let's go ahead. Debbie, you're good. about that yes okay let's go ahead and start our reading rick let's go to page uh, 62 where it says uh, selfishness self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles driven by a hundred forms of fear self-delusion self-seeking and self-pity we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation but we invariably find that at some time in the past we had made decisions based on self which later places in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us. 
But God makes that possible, and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we, we would have liked to. Neither could we have reduced our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is the how the why. First of all, we had to quit playing God and do work. Next, we decided that thereafter draw up life. God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple, but this concept was a keystone of a new type of arts which we got through freedom. Old series took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer being all powerful. He provided what we needed uh, if we kept close to him and performed his work. Uh, well, established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves and our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in our seeing what we could contribute to life as we felt a new power flow in. Uh, we enjoyed peace of mind and discovered we could face life successfully. As we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of stage more thereafter. We were reborn. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Page 76, please. Amen. Step page 86, please. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we face the decision we may not be able to determine which course to take. Here's where we ask God for inspiration and attitude of thought or decision. We relax, we take it easy, we don't struggle. We are surprised how right the answers come after we try this for a while. What used to be the hunch? Go ahead. Go ahead. What usually what what used to be the hunch of occasional inspiration gradually becomes working part of the mind. <clears throat> Having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times, but mind pays for the presumption of all sorts of obscured actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find our thinking will as time passes do more and more on a plate of inspiration we come to rely upon. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that would be shown all through the day what our set our next step is to be that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends, 
Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members or religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few said prayers, which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestion about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. As we go through the day, we pause and agitate or doubtful. We ask them for the right thought or decision. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer ready to show. We are. Uh, <coughs> we humbly say to ourselves, many times we say, "I will be done." We are in the midst of danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, or self-pity or foolish decisions. We also well, we become much, much more efficient. We do not tire, so we're not bringing up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange lives to ourselves. It works, it really does. Page 416, please. It helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue, that I have been drinking as a result of a compulsion, even though I have not been aware of the compulsion at that time and that sobriety was not a matter of willpower. The people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had, but I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security in the familiar. And last acceptance has proven a key to my drinking problem. I've been around AA for seven months, taking off of alcohol pills and finding a program not working very well. A program working very well. I was finally able to say, Okay, guys, it's true. Of all people, strangers are being seen. Even though I didn't get my permission, I'm really, really alcoholic of sorts. It's all right with me. Now, what am I going to do about it? When I stop living in the problem, again, living in the answer, the problem went away from that moment on. I had one single compulsive drink. And accepting is the answer to all my problems today. Even when I'm disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation in some fact of my life. Unacceptable to me, and I can find no certainty until I accept that person, place, or thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at the moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. And until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept my I accept life on completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world, but what needs to be changed in me and my attitude. Shakespeare said, All the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. He forgot to mention that I was the chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation, and I was always glad to point it out because I knew you wanted perfection just as I did. AA and acceptance has taught me that there is a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us, that we are all children of God and that we each have a, a right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. For years, I was sure that the worst thing that could happen to a nice guy like me would be that I would turn out to be an alcoholic. Today, I find it is the best thing that has ever happened to me. This proves I don't know what's good for me, and if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good or bad for you or for anyone. So I am better off if I don't Give advice, don't figure I know what's best, and just accept life on life's terms as it is today, especially my own life, as it actually is. 
Before AA, I judged myself by my intentions while the world was judging me by my actions. I was able to see things in her that others couldn't necessarily see. Things like beauty, charm, gaiety, I get these would be easy to talk to, a sense of humor, and many other fine qualities. Is it rather than my stuff, which turns everything into gold, a magnifying mind that magnifies whatever it focuses on? Over the years, I thought about matches or good qualities grew and grew when we married, and all these qualities became more apparent to me, and we were happier and happier. But then as I drank more and more, the alcohol seemed to affect my vision instead of continuing to see what was good about my life, I came to see her defects. The more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was nothing, she reduced a little bit into nowhere. The more I drank, the more she wilted. Then one day, I was told that I had the lenses and my glasses backwards. The courage to change in the serenity prayer meant not that I should change my marriage, but rather that I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow, grow, and grow. I can do the same with an AA meeting. The more I focus my mind on its defects, late start, long drunk along, cigarette smoke, the worse the meeting becomes. But when I try to see what I can add to the meeting rather than what I can get out of it, and when I focus my mind on what's good about it rather than what's wrong with it, the meeting keeps getting better and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on the problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Page 420, please. Perhaps the best thing for me is to uh, remember is serenity is inversely proportional to my ex expectations. The higher my expectations of Max and other people, the lower my serenity. I can help. I, I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations, but but then my rights try to move in, and they too can't force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rights by, as well as my expectations by asking myself how important is it really? How important is it compared to my serenity and emotional sobriety? And when I place more value on those, on my serenity and my sobriety than anything else, I can maintain it at a higher level, at least for the time being. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit around doing nothing, waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do what's ever in front of me that needs to be done and leave the results up to him, however it turns out. That's God's will for me. I must keep my magic mind mind on my acceptance and off my expectations for it. My serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. Thank God for it. Amen. Page 552, please. He said, in effect, if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for that person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask, ask for their help, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it, go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to mean it and want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. It worked for me then, and it has worked for me many times since, and it will work for me every time I am willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but it too always comes. And because it works for me, it will work for all of us. 
As another great man says, the only real freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you want to do because you want to do it. This great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and replaced it with love is really just another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholic Anonymous and everything I need I get. And when I get what I need, I invariably find that it was just what I wanted all the time. Page 100, please. We persist remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize there are things that came to us when we were putting ourselves in God's hands were much better than anything we could ever have planned. While the of higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. Page page eighty three, please. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experience can benefit others. A feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations we used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Page 85, please. It's easy to learn about a special program of action that rests our Lord. We're headed in trouble if we do. For alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily retrieve of a constant and maintenance of a spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry out that mission of God's will into all of our activities. How many of us serve thee? With thy will, not mine, be done. These thoughts must go with us constantly. And we can exercise them all in the line of will, all exercise our will power along the line, all we wish. Is a proper use of will. Much has already been said about giving receiving strength, inspiration, and direction to him who has all knowledge and power. We are if we if we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his presence into us. In some extent we have begun to God conscious and we begin to develop a vital success, but we must go further. That means more action. Amen. Page forty three, please. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases. He nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. D.N., very good. Wonderful reading. Uh, You notice that our tool is thanking God for the problem and and stepping aside, getting out of the way. That's uh that's going a little bit more further than just accepting something. We I accept something, but I can do something about it to break it up by thanking God for the problem, and it starts to break up in smaller sections and so forth. So um, that's that's what I got out of today's reading. Anyone else got something similar? 
If if not, we'll go ahead and close with the Lord's Prayer, and we done a, uh, we punctured the heavens to get a get a big change for us today, big difference in our day with these words. Amen. Okay, let's go ahead and close it with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working. All right. Have some experience. Stay well. Amen. We'll do relaxation and uh, lots of TV. <laughs> Very good, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Give them heaven. Bye. Thank you. So I want to welcome you to coming in this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness, by the way, guys. I sure do appreciate you. You're here fully clothed and in your right mind. I, uh, I'm <clears throat> Let's go ahead and open up with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I think our angels approve of that prayer. They can go to work when we, we set that prayer out. I, I just heard them praying that in back of me, huh? Okay, today's March the 8th, AA Thought for the Day. We must go to the meetings regularly. We must learn to think differently. We must change from alcoholic or crazy thinking to, to, to sober thinking. We must re-educate our minds. We must try to help other alcoholics, others. We must cooperate with God by spending at least as much time and energy on the program as we did on drinking. We must follow the program for the best of our ability. Have I turned my problems over to God and, and I, am I cooperating with Him? Meditation for the day. The joy of true fellowship shall be mine in full measure. I will revel in the joy of real fellowship. There will come back a wonderful joy if I share in fellowship now. Fellowship among spiritually minded people is the embodiment of God's purpose for this world. To realize this will bring me a new life joy. If I share in humanity's joy and travail, a great blessing will be mine. I can truly live a life, not of earth, but heaven life here and now, heaven's life. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may be helped and healed by true spiritual fellowship. I pray that I may sense his presence in spiritual fellowship with his children. Amen. And with that, we'll, the, uh, this, the heavens are open for comments. Deborah? What did you hear on this? Uh, I'm not sure. 
Okay, well, yes. well that's Rick. Uh, uh, okay. I know what this is. What this is what I got. Uh, when you started, that it's like an honor to something like it's an honor to uh, open up and share with other people your true feelings. Uh, um, you said something like that at the very beginning. And uh, I'm saying this now because um, I'm going to be honest, these last, I don't know, three days, four days, it's been very hard. But I'm still coming, but it's been very hard. I don't know why. You know, maybe because it's, uh, I'm, I'm finding myself in these last three days um, a lot in halt. I'm spending my time trying to make sure all those three oh, four words wait letters are happening so I can have balance but it's it just doesn't seem to be working so I have to think of something else um, and I think the next step is I'm going to have to call the I have different navigators the different parts of my body <laughs> and I'm going to start calling them and seeing what I can find out. I have doctor's appointments, but they're so far out and all the other stuff in between. But that's where I'm at. I'm sorry I don't have a a good answer. Oh, that's excellent. That's actually really good. We need uh we need we need to stay in the true and the sober. And I've been there many times and I just like yourself, I just I just act like I'm going. I've been like that for a long time. Act like everything's... I go through the motions of going to the meetings yeah. and being of service. And even... I missed yesterday and I had um, this... The night the secretary text me, Are, aren't you coming? Like, you know, and... Uh, and he, he, I told everybody, huh? you are coming. You work well. Oh, you were there. I, yeah, I mean, I didn't go to the 9 o'clock, but I went to 10 o'clock, and uh, I, the ladies were asking for you, and I I shared, you're not well, you're going to take a little break. Oh, that was great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That was great. How many people were there? A uh, total of three. <clears throat> Kathy and uh, Evelyn? Um, Yolanda and uh, oh, Yvonne yeah. were there, but, but the... the 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 AAs there was a woman's women's home that was there, and uh, the other couple of people that always used to go I guess because I saw people people over there. Yeah, they probably came looking for the coffee. I didn't make it. I should have told. You. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't make yourself feel guilty. <laughs> yeah, I could have told somebody to make coffee, you know, but uh... no. Sometimes you just got to take care of yourself. Look at you were only sick for one day instead of three. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was good. Thank God. Yeah, that didn't feel good yesterday. I guess that's my truth. That um, you know, I just had a cold. I checked for COVID, and it came out clear. Nothing there. Nothing. All right. Everything came good. And, Amen. Uh, and Rick. Um, yes. On today's reading. Talking about fellowshipping. Uh huh. Fellowshipping and, and being spiritual is two different things. You, and you can be spiritual and not go to church. But to go to church is a fellowship. And it's good to have other people's point of views, get suggestions from them, 
you know, people that are that are always in the positive instead of the negative. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I go to church and, and you know, I, I, I can be sitting at fellowship even with, with, with other, with a lot of talking to other people, getting their point of views, you know, uh, but, but to be spiritual, that's, that's something that's within you, you know. There's a difference between being spiritual and religion, you know. Wow, that, that I, yes. Yeah, fellowship fellowship is fine. It's fine. You can never, you know, surround yourself with uh, without without too many, you know, positive people in your life. You know, you, you need that. You need that connection. You know, so you voice you voice your opinion and you're you you're being heard by people that are empathetic towards you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I uh well you brought in a good point. In other words, you know what he's what he's saying to me, he's saying your spirit your your spiritual connection is uh personal. Your time of worship with God is is essential and it should be and uh sometimes we just take fellowship as part of our worship or our seeking God. Time uh to commune with him. Sometimes, at first, that was the only uh, thing I had myself was to drink that fellowship and see your life working very well. So I knew the program was working well. You know, you had money in the bank, you had health, and you were going places and doing things. And I couldn't do those things because I was neglecting God, and I didn't know it was God that I was neglecting. So the program gave me a, a easy avenue of focus to uh, to pay attention to God. And then from there... I took it further, like Rick says. Then I went into uh, area of uh, study and worship and uh, time alone. Um, and sometimes you start getting high with that. Uh, you start getting, you feel it. You go out through the day after a good day of uh, of reading and worshiping God. You're high. You're high on the substance called love. Love. <laughs> you know, you're, you're just humorous and you're high because you, you touch a payload in heaven. That has a payload, like <laughs> a mother load, yeah. yeah. Very good. There's another prayer here that we have. Anybody else got any more uh, nuggets of gold? We call them. That was good. That was good. Both of you. Um, you know, sometimes. Well, I'm, I know there's a solution in what we're going through. That's why we have. I have to thank God for the problem. Even though I don't understand why I have to go through it, and my experience is, uh, he's the better I don't understand why I have to go through it or why it doesn't change, the the bigger the 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 work God is doing in me. Like he's creating a goal personality, uh, or he's increasing my love with the pro with the problem. You know, and that, and I have to add the ingredient of of uh, thanking God for the problem. And I get to I get to the point where I said, "Okay, God, I'm gonna thank you for this problem." Uh, you know, as long as you want me to. That's a little harsh, but it, it feels good to talk about it, though. <laughs> All right, I'll stop right there. I'm getting myself a little confused here. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. That was great. Uh, we're gonna do a short session, of course. We're just about out of time. Only got about ten minutes, but. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask Rick if he would take us from the, his favorite readings. Uh, 
what would you like to start out, Rick, on this? On your, fa- uh, your favorite fellowship readings. <laughs> well, how about page 100? Yeah. All righty. Would you start us off, please? All right, sure. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in a path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we take... When we look at back and realize that things are that came to us when we were came to us when we were we, we realize that there are things which came to us when we were putting ourselves in God's hands are better than anything else we could ever plan. Follow the decades of higher power and you will presently live in a new wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances. Amen. Page eighty three, we'll go there. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations with used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and... Uh, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> page 85, we might as well cl- close it up. <clears throat> it is... programs that worth our morals. We're headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a son of foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily replete of the consciousness and maintenance of a spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry out that vision of God's will into our activities. How may I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts we must go with us constantly. We exercise along the willpower all, all we wish. It is a proper use of the will. Which has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we are careful to follow his directions, we have begun a sense of flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious and we've begun to develop a vital success, but we must go further. That means more action. Page 43, please. <clears throat> Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first strength. Except in a few rare cases, neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. DN, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful readings. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to stay on for a little bit if you'd like to talk, anyone. Um, but have a great day, Rick. And thanks for coming in. Uh, I appreciate you. Okay.